Good morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to read from Psalm 120. So Psalm 120, starting to read at verse 1. I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, O Lord, from lying lips and from the deceitful tongues. What will he do to you? And what more besides, O deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshkek, that I live among the tents of Kedah. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am a man of peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading, and let's just pray before we gather around it together. Father, we thank you for the Psalms. We thank you for the words that are here that we just read in your presence. And we thank you for the, the person that wrote it and the way that you have preserved them down the years, that through them we might gather around them today and be blessed by it. And our Father, we just lean upon you. We ask that you will speak to us through your words and it might be your voice that's heard and not mine. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Psalm 120, if you look at that psalm in your Bible, it will probably tell you that it's a song of ascents. And I was thinking about the hymns. Um, we're, we're very grateful to uh, Stuart and Derek who choose the hymns for us that we sing on a Sunday morning. But we're also very thankful and grateful to those who have written hymns uh, down the years. See, the hymns that we sing have been written by godly men and women. Those who have experienced the presence of God in their lives through both good and bad times. Times of joy, times of sorrow, pain, grief, loneliness, depression, rejection. All the things that we experience at some time or other in our lives. What makes these songs different from other songs is that the writers acknowledged God's presence with them through these what are emotional times. And the songs are accompanied by music, music that reflects the mood of the song. Now, God has given us these abilities that we might do this, and also the ability for us to include it as part of our worship of him. And we can, through these hymns, be challenged. We can identify with the situation that the writer is in. And so we can be encouraged to know that we're not alone. Others have experienced these things. They can help us call to mind others who may be experiencing similar situations. And so we, as it were, come alongside them as we sing these hymns. And so that through these hymns, we are united with Christ and with each other in our daily walk. Now, this is why we have a section in our Bibles called the Psalms. You see, they are songs, songs to be sung. Now, if you look in your Bible, some of them contain musical direction. For example, it might say above the psalm, for the director of music. Or it might say that this one is a mascal. Or it might say to be sung with stringed instruments. Psalm 75 actually says to the tune of do not destroy now, all these comments, they are on the original documents. These are part of the psalm. 
Now, some of these songs will be sung on special occasions, and we do that with our hymns. We sing certain hymns at Christmas time, and then we have uh, other hymns that we will sing at Easter time. Of course, they can be sung all year round, but on those specific occasions, they just carry a little bit more weight. The Psalms that, that we're going to look at this morning, or the Psalm that we're going to look at this morning, is a song, a song that would be sung by travellers going to Jerusalem to attend one of their three main feasts. These psalms are known as the Songs of Ascents, and they are Psalm 120 through to Psalm 134. And Ascents means that they are an upward and an onward journey. So they're going to be a song on an upward and an onward journey. After almost a year of this pandemic, we're all eagerly waiting for the time when we can meet together in person to share God's word, to, to sing the hymns together, to have fellowship and friendship, to have worship together, and even enjoy conversation over a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a few biscuits, maybe a cake. And to do this without the restrictions that are brought about by COVID-19. As we travel on this journey towards that, we have much to thank God for. But the reality is sometimes it can be very hard, very hard to continue as the additional cares of life the things that surround us daily can bring sorrow, they can bring fear, there can be loneliness and feelings of isolation. But we must remind ourselves that we have a God who cares and a God who understands. And we're not the only ones who have to go through these troubled times. God's given us the book of Psalms and we can come to them as the one we've looked at this morning, or the one we're going to look at this morning, it's not very long. There's not many words there, but there's a lot. It can say a lot to us. And I want us this morning to, as it were, approach it in a way that we're going to stand alongside the psalmist as we listen to how God speaks to him. And we can then let God speak to us through this psalm. So let's do it this way. Let's go on that journey with him. We meet him on the road. He's with other people, some of whom are his family members. And they make this journey, if circumstances allow, a few times a year. You see, there are times then they wouldn't be able to do this. But on the occasions that they can, they love to do it. Well, life is a struggle for him. His journey, though, even now, is not easy. But this journey will lift his spirits because he is on his way to the temple in Jerusalem. Take a look at him. He looks a bit weary and worn out, but he keeps on going. Shall we go and ask him how he manages to stay so positive? Let's say to him, Excuse me, bud, how do you cope? Well, let's listen to him in verse 1. I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. And then we say to him, So you love the Lord? He says, Yes. 
But you are distressed? Yes. Oh, I thought that if you loved the Lord, then he wouldn't let you get distressed. And I'm sure he would come back and say something like, be real, everyone gets distressed sometime or other. And it's because the Lord loves me that I can call out to him when I do get distressed and I know that he will answer me. We might then say to this psalmist, what do you ask him? And then he might come back with verse 2. I say to him, Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. Well, let's stop a minute because we might say to him, Well, okay, what does that mean? And he'll come back and say, You know, where I live I have a difficult time. Mostly when I see the lifestyle of those who do not love the Lord. And I find it hard to to cope with that. So I call on the Lord to help me. Now, I'm not sure how he will deal with it, but I know that he can. I know that he will. And I also know that those people who cast him aside need to understand this. And so we come to verse 3. And the psalmist is saying, What will he do to you? And what more besides you deceitful tongues? And we might say to him, What does that mean? And he'll come back and say, Well, that means that I pray to the Lord when these problems arise. I know from experience that it's in his hands. And I know that he will deal with it in his way and in his time. And I also know that those people, again, who are pushing him out of their lives, need to understand this. Then he comes back with verse 4. He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows and burning coals of the broom bush. I don't know about you, but if I was with this man now, this psalmist, I would say to him, that sounds a bit poetic. What do you mean by it? And I'm sure he would come back with something like this. Well, firstly, it sounds poetic because I'm a poet. And it's my way of saying that I'm not sure how and when God will deal with it, but I know that he is a just God. And I know that justice will be done, but it will be done in his time and in his way. And you know what? I trust in him. And in time, the weapons used by these people will be the very things that will bring about their ultimate destruction. Then the psalmist continues. We have it as verse 5 in our Bibles. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshach, that I live among the tents of Kedah. Well, in my mind, and probably in yours, that raises another question that we could ask this psalmist. Hang on a minute. How can you live in two places at once? You say you live in Meshach, and then you say you live in Kedah. And we know that they are places, and we know that they are miles away from each other. Well, the poet, the psalmist, he might come back to us and say, I know, but as I said, I'm a poet. I don't actually live in these two places, and I know that they're miles apart. 
The people of Mekesh, they are Gentiles. And the people of Kedar are a tribe of nomads. But the people in my hometown, they act like these people. They have no time for God. And some of them are Jewish. Well, they might be Jewish by birth, but they can't call themselves real children of Abraham. They, like the people of Meshach and the people of Kedar, have no time for God. And you know, this is why I need to keep close to the Lord. You know, on this journey to Jerusalem, I can enjoy fellowship with these fellow travellers. I will enjoy being with them in the temple, and I will enjoy being with them on the journey home as I praise God. I praise God for this. And then I get home. And it will only feel like home when I stay close to the Lord. And I know that he will stay close to me. See, many of these people here on this journey know exactly what I mean. Listen to them singing. Singing the words. These words, they're giving praise and thanks to the Lord and saying thanks to each other as we are united in song. And then we come to the final part of this psalm, verse 6 and 7. And the psalmist says, and he speaks to us. He says, look, too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. You see, the peace and the joy of his relationship with the Lord is in his heart, even when surrounded by problems that can cause him sorrow. He will sing this song with those he is traveling with, as they rejoice in the goodness of God, and as they remember those back home who are not able to make the journey with them. They will be excited about being able to worship together in the temple at Jerusalem, and they will sing this song and be encouraged as they return to their towns and their villages. What can we learn from this as we have traveled on the road with him? But now we travel on our road, our road back to worshipping together in our buildings. Well, he knows and they know the value of prayer. He knows and they know that God will hear them. And this psalmist trusts in God to deal with things in God's own way and in God's own time. He enjoys friendship and fellowship with others and he knows that the Lord is always with him even when he is alone. So what can we learn as well as we travel on the road to the city whose architect and maker is God? You see, first of all, our journey back to fellowship in church Let's be encouraged by the words of Peter. Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through to 12. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans 
that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You know, the writer of that psalm would have understood those words completely. But then we can go to our journey, our journey unto glory. That goes beyond this life. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieved for us, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I'm sure the psalmist, if he was with us today, here, would understand the meaning of those words as well. So, as we finish this morning, let's just consider the things we've looked at. Consider our own situation. Consider the situation of others. Consider the, consider the journeys we are on. Yes, our journey back to meeting together in our own building, but also our journey going beyond that to meet with God and Jesus in glory. So let me just finish by reading that Psalm 120. I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you? And what more besides you, deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom bush. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am of peace, but when I speak, they are of war. Well, I trust that God will have spoken to us through that psalm this morning, that we might be challenged, we might be encouraged, encouraged to go on with him on our journey. And we can all say, Amen to that. Amen.